Welcome to Sober Sisters Talk, a podcast on recovery with Elizabeth Pudwell and MG. We bring you our experience, strength, and hope from a variety of sources, therapy, 12-step recovery, and life lessons of long-term sobriety. To contact us, email SoberSistersTalk at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook. Just search for Sober Sisters Talk. We're glad you're here. Now here's our next podcast. Also, we'd love to invite you to a Zoom meeting this Friday night at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. If you're interested, email SoberSistersTalk at gmail.com and we'll send you the meeting information and password. We hope to see you this Friday. Welcome. I'm Elizabeth Pudwell and I'm here with CJ. And we are Sober Sisters Talk and that means we are sober and we think of each other as sisters and we're going to talk to you. So it is, um, I really want, I like organization and um, I just really like order. And so um, CJ and I are going to try to take um, sort of a, a theme to every month. And last month we talked about dating and we had some guests, some really good guests and some really good um, podcasts. We did. And this month is March and so we are going to go with the Ides of March which is really about intuition and I don't know do you know the origin of the Ides of March like where that comes from I don't know the origin origin I first heard it in a Shakespeare play beware the Ides of March because they're gonna get you I was also told if I wash my face in the morning dew the first three days of May, my freckles will go away. So, <laughs> who knows? Who knows what the what the first days of a month are supposed to mean? Hey, I don't think it really means anything <clears throat> unless you buy into it. However, right? You know, when we first started talking um, before recording this, I was a little lost but I did a little research about um, intuition and recovery all I know all I can share with you is my experience and I do think that when I came in I had sort of lost my ability to hone in on my intuition um, because I was in that, that Al-Anon thing that, you know, I'm just co- codependent, trying to make somebody else do what it is that I wanted to them to do, right? Yes. Isn't that, in retrospect, hearing you say that and thinking about living that way, the way it used to be, it really sounds like crazy town. <laughs> Doesn't it? Does. it? Yeah. so in this particular website and i'm looking at recovery.org um talking about intuition it says all of us are born with intuition it's an innate ability alcoholics and addicts tend to be very sensitive people meaning that they are usually able to sense when someone is unhappy upset angry etc um growing up in a family that does not acknowledge feelings can get confusing 
And I think, I know that I have done that. Um, my, my feelings were always like, oh, you're just too sensitive. I was told that over and over again. Oh. Well, Liz, Liz is just really sensitive. Too emotional. Mm-hmm. Too sensitive. Too, it might um, just be just a child, I think. For me, growing up in a dysfunctional family, alcoholic dad, codependent, love-addicted mom, uh, sex addict dad, I make up no diagnosis, of course, and definitely no recovery, that uh, perhaps just as a human, we're born with this intuition, and it does, by many different ways, uh, get deep like pulled out of us somehow I was trying to think of analogy with a computer and programming and all of this but if it's not nurtured whether we're children or adults it's really difficult to access and it's there I think that's what I would like every listener to know is that it's part of our humanity to have this intuition when we're connected to something greater than ourselves I think that's a really good baseline um, to check, listener. So if you're ever in a meeting and you feel um, sort of spiritually connected to your to the meeting that you're in, that is your intuition. Your intuition is telling you this is a good feeling. This feels really good. I feel heard. I feel loved. I feel love, or I hear this other person. The reciprocity. All of those things are, you know, that will show you what intuition is it will kind of like demonstrate your own intuition and where it's at where it's hiding um this article goes on to say it's not unusual for children to become to begin numbing their feelings with food or overachievement at an early age by adolescence they often resort to drug or alcohol to turn down the volume of the sensitive intuitive parts of themselves that are sensing the craziness around them. Um, and for it, fortunately with recovery, the body, mind, and spirit all heal and restore. So I definitely did this. Um, I, I remember being, you know, probably 10, 11, and 12. And, um, my mom sort of, monitoring my food intake putting me on a diet etc and then um when i was 14 i had my first boyfriend but i what came up for me when i read that the first time is i was visiting my girlfriend um kathleen and i was over her house and she had a boyfriend george and i think we were only 12 or 13 at the time and um george had a cousin i don't remember this guy's name but he was visiting and i was supposed to entertain the the other the cousin and i could see him i could see what he looked like and everything and he had some wine like boone's farm or something like that oh boone's farm yeah we were we were outside and he asked me did i want to drink of it i i didn't drink any of it but um he kissed me um, and it was the first time I think that I'd really kissed a guy and um, 
I could still taste it and feel it. You know, the headiness of the sexual, you know, stuff going on, the tension and the alcohol, the sweet cinnamon taste of the alcohol and the, the, you know, that sex stuff with the kiss. Yeah. And I just said, I need to go. Cause I, I'll tell you what felt, what I was feeling right then is I don't know what to do here. And so I left and I went home, I walked home and left him there. Oh, wow. You were able to leave. Because whenever I first started getting into those situations, not first started, but I would not leave for so many different reasons. Um, No matter what my emotions, my, my body, my thoughts were telling me, I... I thought I had to. I think I thought I had to, I guess. Like, I wanted to. I had to. I couldn't hurt their feelings. Yeah. Um, So much of this, our activity in that that age or in the beginning or in any type of, is all about um, the codependence, the Al-Anon shit. Right. You know? Right. Taking care of the other person, um, you know, being concerned about their feelings. It wouldn't be nice. Wouldn't be nice, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think, um, I think, I, I think definitely as a kid, my intuitive, my intuition was not paid attention to. It was not validated ever. And, um, I think that I really did have, um, a very sharp intuition and wish that I would have, you know, paid attention to it back then. I think I would have, um, I could have kept myself out of some, um, sticky situations, but, um, I think that that, I don't know what it is that makes parents, you know, kind of say, Oh, you're too sensitive or, you know, I, I, I don't have an answer for that or a solution for that part of it other than to, Um, I can totally see myself feeling like I wasn't known. I wasn't, it it wasn't significant if I said, or, you know, accomplished something. And thus I turned to food or sex or, you know, marijuana, drugs, or alcohol. You know, the article said children often turn to numbing with over with food or over overachieving and I did both so I was a rotund little straight A student <laughs> um you know I'm in recovery for compulsive overeating now and I'm coming up on 120 days of abstinence and talk about like getting in touch with my intuition when I always thought sex and love addiction was my first you know like my core addiction but I'm not so sure I really think that it started with sugar and sweets and just you know my mother could not cope my mother was uh, often crying angry upset she didn't have any tools to help herself and how could she possibly help me 
So I had to have been doing something, and now I realize I, I was eating. I was eating, and then um, by the time I was in third grade, I was trying to buy fat-melting pills out of the newspaper ad. And then when, after my dad died, when I was in middle school, and, and it might have just been like puberty or something, but... um it shifted. So then I started like losing weight and got a boyfriend 14, right? At 14. And then I've never really been uh, single or like not preoccupied with having a boyfriend actually since about the age of eight. You know, I found a letter I wrote to myself at that age about what I wanted. And I just wanted a part-time boyfriend until I was 16, I said. <laughs> And at 16, it would switch to full-time, you know? That's what little Shanda wrote. And I would say at this time in my life is really the first time in my life that I have not been chained down by that obsession with another person, with a romantic partner. Whether it be acting out partners, boyfriends, husband being on the make you know like I'm at the point now where I know and it's it was warm today right there were a lot of um, people out jogging and stuff I can see out of the very corner of my eye the periphery like oh you know that might be somebody I want to look at I don't even you know I used to not be able to like not look and now my head will just fly to the other side because I know that's what's good for me right? That's what's good for me. And it's an autom it's an automatic response. I don't even have to debate or think about that. So I've, I have more freedom from my obsession, fantasy, all of that than I ever have had right now. So do you think that, um, can you see you yourself and your ability to use your intuition um and it it increasing as you become you know more and more in recovery absolutely i think especially when i was flooding my body with chemicals whether it be alcohol drugs pharmaceuticals prescribed or otherwise nicotine excess caffeine energy drinks and then compounding that with the dopamine, the cycles of like dopamine and then uh, withdrawal in sex and love addiction. Like, I'm not really sure how I lasted as long as I did, <laughs> like in my job, you know. Um, there is, the, I've always heard about addicts that like, we're, we're, if you get us hyper-focused in the right space, like we're going to be really great workers, right? Because we're great at like zoning, in, zoning on in on something and just, just going, yeah, going I'm, for I'm it. Very, I'm really good when I have a project, but I, I know, so one of the things that I wanted to talk about that came up when we were starting to share about, you know, experiencing intuition when so I bought this house that I'm in in 20 2007 and then um 
when my daughter was going to start going to college, I was the only one paying for that. And um, my, my responsibility was huge and uh, my monthly payment to them. And um, I started talking to different people about what to do. And I followed the advice against my intuition, against my inner guidance of someone who said, let your house, you know, stop making your, your house payment, let your house foreclose. It might take a year to do that. And um, it didn't feel like the right thing to do, but I did that. I did, I missed two payments. And then I don't remember what happened, but I just went, this is not, this is not what I'm gonna do. I'm not comfortable with this. So I called the bank and um, I refinanced and I, you know, I took care of the, the issue and I started paying my, my house note again. Okay. And I was so, Oh, I had something similar. I, you know, I had a ton of credit card debt. And somebody advised me very strongly just to stop making the payments and then, I don't know, change your phone number, or get a different phone number. All this, like, ways to deceive. And I surely was a master art, artist of deception, you know, like, when it came to... Um, you know, acting out, my marriage, my employer, and all this, but I had some sobriety at that time, and I just thought, you know, absolutely not. That cannot be a better way. Uh, I remember that was one moment in early on when I'm... I'm well, and it's directly related to the, to the addiction, I think, because I had some money issues as well, and it was once I did that, I, that's when I started going to DA and, um, you know, and got some counsel and some guidance that fit into a line that it aligned with my values. And then a few years later, um, I went, I knew that I was not being the best parent because I had a kid, one of my children, um, was, constantly at least once a month coming to me for 40 60 80 dollars it wasn't a lot it was just enough you know and my account was connected to his so i could just deposit it mm. and I, I just i did not have the courage the wherewithal to say no i just couldn't do it and it kept going on and on and on. And then I went to a DA meeting and I shared that. And it was extremely emotional. I couldn't hardly speak because I was crying so much when I was talking about this. And after the meeting, um, four people came up to me and gave me their phone numbers. One was a guy who had the exact same experience with his mom. Another one was a female who had that experience and the other two were parents. And I called one of the parents the next day and she told me the whole story about how she did this and her son ended up homeless and this and this and this and how bad it got. And then it got better and he was, he got better. And while she was sharing all of this with me and praise God that I, that I called that woman and got that story, I had the idea and I said, okay, I know what I'm going to do. And I came home and I opened a savings account for this offspring i put five hundred dollars in it and i said okay 
this is what I've done. I'm not loaning you any more money. And I put that money in your savings account. It's attached to your checking account. And you can leave it there, you can add to it, or you can wipe it out. It's up to you. But I'm not going to help you anymore because my helping you reinforces your belief that you cannot do this yourself. And I know that you can do it, which is why I feel so strongly about this. And um, he hasn't borrowed any money from me since. Wow. Yeah, but that was totally my intuition of being able to go like, oh, you know, and going, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. I know it's wrong and I have to find a way to stop. Yeah, you know, intuition i'm thinking about intuition and and the concept of integrity and a lot of times when i think about integrity and honesty especially in recovery it's about um tied to morality but really integrity in the engineering world which you know i spend a lot of time spend a lot of time in and uh that's really a lot, a lot of my like basis for my intuition. I think too, is like understanding the laws of the planet, <laughs> which I didn't know, like I didn't know before. Um, and they are not going to, you know, like they're not going to change. And I think there's a lot of laws of human behavior that really are similar to that, but not as like scientific. Um, in engineering, I think some of my intuition, sometimes, you know, I think I was asked more often to prove, right, either mathematically or do a test and prove. That's engineering. Um, but then there was, like, those plants don't run themselves. Then the people are involved. And then the intuition comes in. And um, also, back to the body. So, intuition has to do with the sensations in the body and I know without a doubt my yoga practice um, has connected me to my body and it's different yoga is not a workout for me it is how I move my body and it has many more purposes and benefits than say going to the gym right and one of those is getting in touch with um the experience of what different what it feels right in my body when I am in integrity and I do have wholeness and I'm aligned versus you know it used to just be like the nervous stomach but now I can feel um my body saying no in different ways so that's really a gift I also heard a some podcast where somebody who's an expert on intuition whatever that means was saying that intuition is not about our it's not an emotional feeling it doesn't mean like oh we get a good feeling about something and I really like that because I'm thinking about when I was active in sex and love addiction and getting that high I could be thinking like oh you know this is a great idea because I feel so good and that's that's not what it's about either it's just a deeper knowing it doesn't ha- it is a deeper knowing it's knowing like hey wait 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 there's something going on with my body if i have an increased heart rate or even like i have developed relationships with with people based on the way it feels when i meet them you know there's just different mm-hmm. ways that 
it, it shows up. But I, I like the, um, the correlation to the yoga because yoga is all about breath and you know using your breath and paying attention to your breath in order to kind of propel you or propel your body to bend or step or you know whatever it is that you're doing so and the breath is very simple and it's something that we do without ever thinking and when you're in yoga it's like inhale and do this exhale and do that and inhale and do this and exhale and do that and it just i think for me it just teaches me how to pay closer attention to my body and what's going on underneath that I don't always notice. Yes. Something so exciting that I connected to in the last couple of weeks in my yoga practice and a breath workshop was inhale in, in yoga, but inhalation is an expansion expanding outwards and when we exhale it's drawing inwards centering drawing in to my body and now when I practice I always have different focuses of my practice some days I might really be focusing on my breath and then some days it might be more about drishti some days it may be more about the alignment of the pose and what my body is feeling like and some days it's more about uh, flexibility some days it's about strength some days it's just about fun but this concept of the inhalation being my expansion out and then the exhalation is the contraction inward so that is that's life you know we look out but we have to come back in I do right um, the meditation and if I don't spend time quiet time alone with myself and quiet time alone with my higher power this uh, whole concept is not going to work and that's what I was talking to you about the so what before we started recording was about how I'm getting so busy right now and I really detest that word um, because I'm, I'm not sitting I'm not being quiet and listening well before we wrap up, I wanted to go through these um, suggestions to increase or expand your um, intuition. And the first one is to develop a quiet time. And I do think that meditation, even if you, I mean, I do guided meditation. So I go on YouTube and I put in a topic and I, I breathe and listen and I follow exactly what the, the, the YouTube video tells me to do. You do not have to sit there by yourself with your eyes closed and just breathe and try to bring yourself back. Ultimately, that is the goal if it is for you, but it doesn't matter. As long as you are meditating, it's effective. So, and you can do five minutes. You don't have to do a half an hour. You know, you can do 10, five, 10, 15 minutes and it will, you'll, it takes a little bit, but you will start to notice. Um, an intuition and I challenge you I'll bet you anything re listener that you can go on YouTube and type in meditation to improve my intuition and something will come up oh that's you, good and you can meditate in your car I mean pull over uh, to a safe spot um, I mean right now I'm sitting on my meditation cushion from India <laughs> handmade by Indian artis artisans 
And I can also meditate in my car pulled over on the side of Heights Boulevard in the morning between dropping my kid off to school and going to work. You can, and the next one is the other example you used, which is listen to your body. And it says, rather than trying to figure out what you think about something, listen to your body. Is there any feeling, and this does take some practice, you know, is your heart, what is your heart saying? And sometimes in um, yoga, they'll, the, the instructor will tell you to put your hands on your heart or put one hand on your heart and one on your gut or put your hands on your hips. And all of those movements are in order for you to listen to your body, for you to guide your body and to know what, what it is that your body is doing. And this is not, I'm not telling you, you got to get into yoga to, be, in, to increase your intuition. We just right. practice regularly. So um, it is something that we both use. The next one um, in this website, um, recovery.org, is get creative. It says doing the right, developing the right side of the brain, which is where creativity, intuition, and spirituality reside. Oh, and you know what else is another form of um, meditation is prayer. You can just close your eyes and pray, you know, just, you know, talk to your higher power or whatever is your, you know, whatever that looks like for you. Um, but getting creative also will help you, like writing, journaling, um, any type of creativity a lot of uh people women in recovery like to do uh vision boards yes that's a form of creativity and that will increase your intuition you'd be like oh why is that so you know why am i drawn to that which is another part of this like question question yourself ask yourself questions what is going on with me question starts with the word quest and it is you know you ask a question and it can be the beginning of a quest Absolutely. And then the last one in this particular article is to follow, notice the flashes. You know, like I was saying before, you know, when you, when you have that, like, you know, the money stuff for me, that was just really, really clear, but follow those, go down that pathway and explore them. Talk to other people. There's a reason that you feel the way that you do. And it usually not every time i can't tell you every time but it usually um it just deserves your attention and it's asking for it if you have that thought i need to pay my bills i need to not foreclose on my home there's a reason for that and i'll tell you now it's been this wasn't i don't know i don't even know what year it was when samantha started going to school probably 2009 or 10 and um I've never looked back since I did that. I'm really grateful that I did that. My house is my, my, my home is my greatest asset. So, mm. well, thank you for listening. Dear listener, we um, invite you to email us your experiences with intuition. Um, we'll try to have a, a guest next week and see if we can um, explore this topic a little bit further, a little bit deeper and um, get somebody else's opinion. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to email us, Sober Sisters Talk at gmail.com. Thanks, everybody.
Thank you for listening to the Sober Sisters Talk podcast. To find our podcast, we're at www.sobersisterstalk.com. We're also on Apple iTunes and on Facebook. See you next week.